Join me in prayer as we enter our message time here at Elevating Life Church. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your righteousness and justice. We recognize we have the ability to choose to develop and use it to bring about divine goodness personally and collectively. Guide us in understanding your love so we can control our thoughts and words to help those in need to reflect your glory. We humbly submit to you and pray in Jesus' name. Everybody says, and you may have a seat. It's good to see you. Looks like the Southern Baptists are doing it today. The Northern Baptists, what's kind of, you got a lot of, actually, maybe it's not Southern Baptists. They're just maybe the Southern Baptists just assume you're charismatic and you need all the room to let the spirit out. What do you think, huh? There you go. <laughs> so it is good to see you. It's been just a fantastic weekend here at Elevating Life Church. We wrapped up uh, True, uh, Trust Live yesterday uh, with Henry Cloud's uh, new book. Uh, we did a, a book launch forum. Uh, we were part of that, so we were so excited to be part of that. And boy, did we walk away with some good, good principles uh, about trust. And, and we have many things to apply to our life now. Those who attend it, and I, I would recommend, highly recommend reading the book of trust uh, because trust is the foundation of all reality. So uh, get that book and, and read it. But for us that were there, we, boy, those are who were there. Was it incredible? Give me a good amen if it was incredible. Amen. Okay. Uh, good. I was a little worried there. I thought it was just me. <laughs> and so, uh, but it is good to be with you on this Sunday morning. And uh, for you that are new here, my name is uh, Drake. I'm the senior pastor here at Elevating Life Church. And so thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you to our guests. Uh, of course, our regular attendees and our membership. Thank you. We so appreciate it. We really do. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Please turn in your Bible to chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18 is where we're going to continue uh, our journey through Matthew and Jesus's teachings. Uh, so Matthew chapter eight, 18 will begin our message time uh, that now I've, the lesson I'm going to give, I've titled this. Here's the title of our message this morning. Big people deal with it. Okay, that's the message this morning. Big people, adults, deal with it. Those that do not you're going to understand what I mean after this message. Uh, you're still in that childlike mentality. We've got to grow up in the faith so that we can take ownership of the faith where then we are actually causing goodness to happen inside of us uh, with those we experience and we add value to the bigger picture of reality. Who's with me? That's our target. If you're missing that, well, we've got to make some adjustments we got to correct some things, and sometimes we've got to give ourselves a good kick in the pants so that we can truly fulfill what God wants us to fulfill in the sense of this life, and He wants us to fulfill His goodness. And that's uh, difficult to do in fallen times. And so, again, the message today is big people deal with it. Now, today, my intentions is to bring attention to Jesus' command, or I can say teaching, go to the offender. Because big people deal with conflict. 
we deal with challenging times. And so I want to I bring that out today, go to the offender. By, uh, and let me say this, by embracing this lesson, we can develop, please hear this this morning because this is so misunderstood. We can develop the virtue of justice by doing all kinds of things. So that then we can then guide our words and our deeds through the grace and truth of Jesus that then produces a wonderful life for everyone who wants to lean into that and be a true grown-up in life. Not just the faith, but in life. He's with you. So let's go to uh, Matthew 18.15 to uncover the, the actual command, but then... I'm going to set up some things. Then we're going to go back to Matthew chapter 18. And we're going to look at this in, in the framework of where it sits in Scripture, in context. And then we're going to end up in the book of Micah. That's in between the book of Hezekiah and 3 Kings. Anybody with me? If you know your Bible, you know I'm messing with you. Okay. But there is a book of Micah. We will end up there uh, at the, uh, the wrap-up. So, uh, with that, here is Matthew 18.15 to begin our time together. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of them. If they listen to you, okay, you have memo. This command, in the sense of how we communicate it here, is implying go to the offender. And if we can learn to do this in, in our life, in every role, in, in let's say our marriages, in our friendship, parenting, at work, we would just have the courage to go to the offender with proper principle, by the way, not your opinion. <laughs> Make sure we hear that. you got to go to the offender who's breaking a principle uh, of God. We can say a principle of reality. So go to them. And if they really, really have the proper spirit, a humble spirit, and they're like, oh, yeah, they have a, we say, growth mindset. They listen to you. You'll win them. Now, we're going to see this if they are not listening. Well, most of us know that. There's where the command sits. Now, as individuals, let me say this. We can all agree that maturity is demonstrated when a person can have a healthy and productive conversation which benefits everyone involved. Who would agree? It requires maturity to confront someone or go to the offender who is actually unfairly, unjustly, or in the wrong in the Lord. Please never take that out of, of our vocabulary. Because once we say, well, I'm going to somebody who's acting unfairly, unjustly, or in the wrong, uh, in the common sense of who I am. Anybody here have a mom that would just say, it's just common sense. And you'd have a son like this and say, well, Who's common sense, Mom? Of course, Mom would say, my common sense. And if you're a smart son, which took me a while to catch up, yes, ma'am. 
But at the same time, when you're in the leadership position, you're going to somebody, we're saying common sense in the Lord. So with that, I'm implying something. Does somebody who's going to go to the offender must have some knowledge of God's principles, his teachings, and have an understanding how this works because they've done it? And they're in a position now of leadership where they can truly communicate with somebody with knowledge and understanding that then gives insight, that then allows them to grow? Absolutely. Now let me say this. Only a few of Jesus' past and present disciples have reached this level of maturity in their When conflicts are handled correctly, everyone benefits. And the justice of God is experienced. So today, I, I, I want to discuss the importance of having mature and constructive conversations that prioritize understanding and growth for all parties involved. This is a a crucial, this is crucially important to approach um, God's principles and also these discuss, discussions in a leadership, or we can say an adult position of grace and truth to promote goodness and health in everything we do. So what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to jump uh, to Matthew and let's read this teaching in the context where it sits in the sense of the gospel for the book of Matthew. So let's go there. Heather, Matthew 18, 15. Uh, we'll read this again, and we'll read it in its framework so we can understand. Now, before I go there, let's kind of have a review. Recall last week, the command that we looked at was despise not the little ones. And Jesus is looking at his young leaders now because they graduated a couple of commands ago. But they're in between now, uh, you know, that graduation period and then reality where you've got to go live this out. You ever met somebody who's graduated? Uh, you know, I, I think I shared this last week, where I just graduated, um, you know, basic training. I've learned all the basic principles of, of, you know, military. I was ready to go charge hell with the squirt gun, or in my case, Libya at the time. Okay? And you think you're it. You're, you're, I'm, I'm there. No, I wasn't even close. But I did have the basics. That's what basic training is. Same with schooling. How many of us have gone to high school and we graduated and we're like, drop the books in the container. Bye, I'm done. I have arrived. And then, boom, reality hits you. You can do that in any, any, any situation where you're learning something new. So that's where we're at now with Jesus and his disciples. They're on the road back to Jerusalem. Talked about that last week. So they're on a road trip. How many of you guys like road trips? I used to love road trips. So they're, they're in northern uh, Israel. Oh, they're not there anymore. They're traveling back. Jesus is teaching them some deeper lessons and giving them insight now about what it means to be a leader. And they're coming down. Now, it's interesting because... <laughs> The mob that I'm going to call, well, let me, let's call them a militia at this point uh, of disciples that Jesus has in front of them. They're marching back 
to Jerusalem, their capital. But I promise you that these disciples did not have in their mind quite yet, because they're not quite mature enough to understand it, they're getting there, but they're going back to Jerusalem to do what? Hello, January 6th, a year and a half ago. We're taking the capital, Jerusalem, back. And they really, if you study and get into this, that was their mindset. And, and it makes sense because it's kind of like my experience where I got out of basic training and I'm going to go charge hell with a squirt gun. And that's what they were hoping because Jesus was like, hey, we're going to create this movement. And, and now in their mind, they're forming a militia and they're going to go take Jerusalem. And they're marching, they're on a road trip back to Jerusalem. Now we know the story. That's our benefit, to our benefit, because where is Jesus marching to? Not to go take over the capital, not to go, you know, make their point through their, you know, through their revenge, or what's remember the movie Death Wish? Uh, what he was a vigil, 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 a vigilante, yeah. That was that well, I planned it. <laughs> and that's just revenge. Let's go. The authority isn't doing what I want, and that is where they're at. I promise you, Jesus is not where a lot of Christians are today that call themselves disciples. we got too many Christians that want to attack. Too many that want to destroy and kill their enemies rather than what? Love your enemies. So they're not quite there yet, but they're getting closer. Now in the military, you graduate basic training. You go through more training. It's called tech school. And through that, uh, you have the experience, and then you get to your first leadership school in, in the Air Force anyway. I'm not quite sure of the Army, uh, but it's called Airman Leadership School. Almost like an oxymoron in the Air Force. And, and they're going to teach you how to be a new leader. Somebody who's going to be a supervisor, you're going to have to learn how to de deliver the principle of the Air Force. Now, Air Force, we have Grace, Army, different story. Somebody's laughing. You guys get that joke. Remind me not to tell that joke in the audience. Do not know what military means. All right. <laughs> but here we are. They're now at junior leadership school. Does that make sense? You following me? Now, Jesus says this, and we've already read it, but let's, let's get some momentum going here. He says this, if your brother or sister sins, makes a mistake, that's what that means, go and point out their fault. We already read this, that fault, you've broken a principle, you're not doing it properly, you're hurting people is what this means. Just between the two of you, let's, let's talk. And the military teaches quite well. Let's talk as supervisors. If they listen to you, you have won them over because they want to grow. They're so thankful. They have a they have a heart of gratitude when you give them. I know the moment somebody is maybe not doesn't have a heart of gratitude. Uh, you know, you call somebody and say, "Hey, pastor wants to talk." What did I do wrong? First thing, <laughs> we're here to help you. We're here to increase. You're a goodness in God with others. Now, it's different when you know somebody has your back and they're for you. 
So it does make it a different experience, and that's not necessarily true uh, in military or even at your work or anything like that, but in the church, it should be true. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, now what you want to do is take one or two others along. We, we, most of us know this if you've been in church. So that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. We need to take in that word witness. Notice it says two or three witnesses. This implies maturity. Two or three people who are mature in the world. Or at least at a different level in the sense of their own. So that then connect with somebody who's having a hard time, whatever that is. And you can really connect with them and say, well, look at just some. At this point, first thing, let me just kind of say this. The first thing that happens is you go one-on-one. You need to make some adjustments. When this happens, two or three, you have to correct some. Now, the next part, which we're going to read, the third aspect of that is you're going to have to either kick yourself in the pants or you're going to have to, uh, on the other side of restorative justice, you have punitive justice. You don't want to do that. It's laughing. And I don't have time to go there, but if you don't know 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 16, where the, the Bible's the Word of God's been inspired, and it's there to, to correct and adjust. Sometimes that's vicarious. I think vicarious. He brought it out. Are you with me? Okay. Did I read all that? Oh, good. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> Somebody has to tell me that. <laughs> if they still refuse to listen, now tell it to the church. And they, and if they refuse to listen, even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Now, I've got to pause here because you've got to get into your imagination. They're on that road trip, but where did they just come back from? The Caesarea Philippi, which is where Jesus had the conversation with Peter and all of his disciples and said, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church, and Peter was there and all that. But they were sitting in the most evil place at speaking tongues. Um, the most evil place in the Israel history at this point. This is where the, the Hades, uh, if you, you'll go there next year if you're going to Israel, uh, that's part of the trip, isn't it? You're going to make it there? So they're going to go there, and you're going to see this huge cave, and this is what Jesus says, this is, the, this is Hades, or hell. Because at, at that time, the pagans, as we just, did I read it that? Okay, as the pagan, there's pagan rituals going on. They're worshiping gods, and it's crazy. They have temples there. Uh, there's three of them. Uh, and, and they're, as Jesus is telling this to Peter, he's like, this is, the, this is hell here. This is chaos. And this is where I'm going to build my church. Yes, Peter, but in the midst of this chaos and craziness. But look at, listen to what Jesus says here. And he goes, uh, let me just kind of read that to get it back into my mind. If they uh, still refuse to listen, tell, them, tell to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. 
Now he says this, truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Somebody out there who has the courage, tell me how this particular verse is typically preached. What is, is traditionally taught and what is being talked about? Say that again. Your treasures. Ah, but that's out of context. What do I mean? Because we already have a command that we, we went over weeks ago, now a month ago, lay up your treasure. In the context of what this is, when you're going to the offender, you're dealing something, dealing with something that is toxic in the heart, spiritually speaking. And so they have a hostile heart, or uh, as I'm writing in my next book, it's a heart of animosity. And you have somebody you're now mentoring, you're leading, but there's some signs. They got anger. They have an addictive way of thinking, not necessarily being addicted to alcohol, but just in a bad way of thinking. They're not thinking as Christ is thinking, so they get in an addictive way of thinking, and it's bad. And I can go on and on, but it's, it's a toxic situation, and as a leader, I need to go to that person and say, I need to talk to you because this is creating hurt. It is destroying the kingdom or the church or relationship or whatever. And you go to that person. And so it's not about laying up treasure. It's about laying up anger. It's not having a forgiving heart. Let's read that again. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind, Last eight years, I've done multiple funerals. All of them claimed When I first got here, I had to do a funeral, and the person I was doing a funeral for was just an angry, bitter person, even though they'd been in the church all day. At the end of their life, as they fell into some conditions, all of that anger, bitterness came out because they lost control of conscience, the sense of their memory and stuff, and they couldn't control it and it all came out. And I remember people going, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know who she was, never really met her, but I was a pastor, so she was actually a pastor. Better. And then I get there, and everybody's like, she's so mean. And she's saying everything. She is just destroying all of the nurses and stuff. And I come in. She didn't recognize me, but they said, Pastor. That's all she had to say. And she lost her mind. And all of this bitterness and pain. Because she, was, she, she had anger. She had unresolved conflict. She had a heart of, uh, say, animosity. And she never, ever lived that reality, except in her own reality. The heart counts them out. My heart breaks when that happens because you're like, no, 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 no. You're supposed to be fulfilled. You're supposed to uh, live well for others. And had a bigger picture. And I, every time I have these type of 
funerals. There's been good ones. Please don't misunderstand me. There's been a few. It's like, man, I don't want that to be protected. And so, and, and I, I promise you, you can't hide it. It will come out one way or the other. And so, Jesus is talking about, I tell you, whatever you bind in your heart. Now, check this out. On earth, that's all those those memories and all that anger. Or it's the good stuff, because we want to bind excuse me, the teachings of Jesus, the principles of God. Yeah. We'll be bound in heaven, small h, in the expression or the glory of who you are. And that glory is always going to reflect the glory of God. See that? And so he's dealing with something because he's got young leaders here. But Jesus knows better than anybody else what anger can do. And then once that anger, you, you don't forgive, what happens is that anger turns into what? Bitterness. And the only person you're hurting is yourself. But yet, you call yourself an adult in the faith or in life? Mm-mm. Adults know how to forgive. Now, reconciliation and trust, what we talked about yesterday, two different things. That's for your own health. I, I got to use it. I wasn't going to, but I'm going to. Henry Cloud yesterday talked about bitterness and, and anger and you know just how how evil anger and, and revenge or we can say contempt is. And he says, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but you can figure out this principle just by living every day. And, and he brought the practice of going to the bathroom. Out. He's like, I know that seems a little awkward, but if you can just look at natural life, you're going to learn some things. Because when you don't allow the toxic experiences or things to, to go, let it go, you're going to become a bitter person. Even if you tell me, I have the fruit of love, joy, peace. No, I'm not experienced. So he uses this that story, that analogy, whatever you want. To, whatever you want. I don't want to go too deep with that. I was like, oh, that was pretty good. But it does make sense. Every day I, I use restroom, especially after coffee. And, and then I use it throughout the day to get the toxic things out. There's too many Christians that don't know how to use the Spirit practice. Things just look at. Oh, do I have? What am I angry about? And angry people will try to justify. And so, gee, that, that should make more sense now. Whatever you bind up on earth, it'll come out through the energy of the spirit of heaven. That's what this is. Good or bad. Whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again. Says, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Notice the capital F, small h. The principles of God, the teachings of God. You know why? Because adults live by principles, not their feelings. That's what little kids do. And so many people are living upside down or flying upside down saying, I'm a Christian, but yet, how they interpret 
reality is based on their feelings, based on their attitude, based on their choices, based on all of this. It's just so selfish. You see how selfish that is? An adult lives by principle. It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Who's speaking here? Who's I? Jesus. Think about that now, what we're talking about. we got 49 commands of Christ. Jesus is up on the throne right now. Now he's like, hey, teach the principles, pastor of God, based on a good belief system, the fear of God. And then what I need you to do is uh, you bring this together, and then you get this person, this person, and you develop a movement for me in your day and age, and there I am. That's Jesus. That's the face of Jesus. Make sense? And so this is so radically important that we understand and, and that we're okay with going to offender, but make sure you're going to go to the offender not to take revenge or be hostile, but because you love them. You love them and you want to see them grow. You are for them, not against them. And that's an adult position. Now, there's several... Where am I at? Here, okay. There are several things we can look at to see if where we're at. We gotta first and foremost, we gotta listen to our own words to make sure that we're speaking like an adult, right? A lot of us are aggressive with our communication or we're just aggressive with our actions. You ever you know people are aggressive? We get those guys, right? Those people that punch and, and but the problem is not necessarily that because we're gonna act properly in church. So what happens is we use our words in a passive aggressive way. We have a lot of nice Christians, but we don't have kindness. And what I mean by that is we are so familiar with passive-aggressive communication, we think that's part of our reality, and we think that's right. It has nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with anger. And what do I mean by passive-aggressive behavior? Well, husbands never do this. Go up to your wife. She just bought a new dress, and you say, that's a beautiful dress. Too bad they didn't have it in your side. Now, that's exaggeration. But there's other words out there. <laughs> that that we use without realizing how passive aggressive. John, share the one you. Uh, she, yeah, John uh, uh, put a is it a meme out there on Facebook? What, what what was that one? It was so classic. That's passive aggressive. Or somebody says, "Oh, you're so sensitive." Instead of listening and being in tune. Uh, it. it <laughs> It's crazy. I heard this yesterday. So good to see you, stranger, in the church. Doesn't that feel good when you haven't been in church for a while and somebody goes, good to see you, stranger? That's passive aggressive. Just kind of digging. A thousand cut, or what, death by a thousand. Oh, we've become so skilled. And then we say, well, get tougher skin. I agree with that. But at the same time, we have a responsibility to add value, not shift. Sarcasm, folks, I get that. It's actually my preference, but it's not good. 
And I have to watch myself all the time. I'm listen, no I think let's just normalize it. We're all good. I'd never tell my wife about the dress, but <laughs> you get my point. And we've got to here uh, here's my point. Even when we're nice and stuff, we've got to really lean into these principles. So we're producing the fruit of the spirit. Right? We're showing love and we're really going that next mile where we can that second mile as deep as possible. Uh, even with our enemies. So that then we can truly be, uh, we can honor God's teachings and then we glorify Him by expressing goodness in everything we do, in every experience. No, every experience is not going to be good. But you intake those experiences, you meditate, you pray over them, you study the principles, and then let it go instead of allowing it to pop up here on earth. And you're going to walk out there. You're just an expression of not goodness, but negativity. So today our command is go to the offense. I'm going to give you one verse here. Uh, there's three things here. That I'm going to tell you. Let's go to Micah 6, 8 real quick. I'm just going to read it. I'm going to point it out. And you do these three things. And I promise you, you will begin to metabolize this and do it and do the experience and goodness will be part of your spiritual makeup. Micah 6, 8, here you do. This is what you need to do and for the rest of your life. Uh, he has shown you, God, you mortals, that's us, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Notice all caps there, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, to act justly, behave right. And to love mercy. And to walk humbly with your God. Now, God is giving us the top down. So the way we put this in place is first and foremost, command number one, repent. Humble And then what you're going to do is you're going to learn to love mercy. Or you're going to just learn how to love like Jesus. And then you're going to be benevolent and graceful and Merciful along with never, or excuse me, uh, persistent. Then when you put mercy and humility together and truly love the person you want the best for the other person, you're going to have just behavior. And when justices maybe behaviors aren't quite right, go to people with principles of God and help them adjust things. If they won't listen, Bring people that understand. Sit down and say, "We really want to help you." Correct it. But the third time, Jesus made it very clear: you really don't want this. You continue to be a little child that just hurts people. In the sense of being a child of God. What does the Bible say? John says, "Well, bye." Ending. We started. Matthew 18, 15. says, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. Let me say this. Church, the message, big people deal with and apply it to the law. Make life a better place for everyone. Amen?